0: Hi everybody, and welcome to Mecha Dragon, a podcast about all the geeky and nerdy stuff you love. Brought to you by Captain Geek and usually the Dark Nerd, who uh today is on sabbatical. So I'm your Captain Will, and with us, joining us today, so that I'm not just uh talking into the void of my microphone all by myself is returning guest and friend of the show Jessica Markram who is uh, who is a social worker by day but by night becomes the caped crusader RPG designer <laughs> uh, maybe you do that in a cape, maybe you don't I don't know that for sure but you're a writer and an RPG designer, correct? I am and uh, you should check out her stuff online we will definitely tell you exactly where to find that later in the show but welcome back to the show Jessica, it's great to have you
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be back. I'm sorry that I devoured the Dark nerd so that they couldn't be.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, instead of Jess, I have Jessica. So I feel that the Force is still in balance somehow <laughs> during this episode. So today we are going to be talking about The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4, titled Chapter 12, The Siege. And this, I think, was one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian so far this season. I don't think you could plausibly claim that it is a, quote, filler episode, which I know some people said about the previous one, which I also did not agree with.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot more the second time around, but that was also, I think, because I was more awake the second time I watched it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you got to notice uh, an extra little detail on... Uh, on Cara Dune's face there. I did! That I brought up in our live commentary. I'd never... I mean, throughout the whole season, last season, and I had never noticed that that was the case with her before.
1: I really thought it was like a birthmark.
0: If, uh, dear listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, that dark dot on her cheek is not a mole or a birthmark. It is actually a tiny tattoo of the the rebellion symbol. The, uh, you know, the phoenix coming up in the uh, circular shape. So... With that said, okay, the siege. Now we began with, of course, Mando in his uh, barely repaired ship being held together by, like, twine and, you know... Fishing wire. Fishing wire, basically. (laughs) And I love how he had Baby Yoda down in the tube trying to, uh, you know turn the wires around and fix some part of the ship
1: I'm proud of how far baby Yoda's come. Like he can sort of take basic directions. He He might know his colors. colors.
0: Yeah. He's making so much progress.
1: (laughs) It was like I said in the uh, commentary, it's a very rocket baby Groot scene, but I, it brought me so much joy and (laughs) I, I could have had that scene go on much longer than it did.
0: That whole beginning, you know, a scene or two, or maybe it was maybe it's like a scene and a half where they're on the ship, it really drives home, I think, the 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 bond that they have formed up to this point yeah. in the show, you know, because first of all, Mando is being, he's trying so hard to be patient with Baby Yoda <laughs> in terms of telling him where to put the blue wire in the place where the red wire was. You know, I don't think we've a, ever
1: seen him be that patient with anyone. With ever.
0: anyone, usually it's like cutting to well, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's like, no, wait, wait, <laughs> and you can hear the strain in his voice. But he's trying to be nice. I've had that tone in my voice many times <laughs> talking to my children, so I speak from experience here. And you know, we have established on this show. I think before I've said. I think that the human equivalent age for baby Yoda would be like a year and a half ish, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: with magic, though,
0: but with magic, of course. Yeah. And so I was I was thinking, you know, when I was watching this, like, what if I was on a battered spaceship and the only way to get it fixed was for my 18 month year old daughter to climb into a tube and put the wires where I tell her to go? That's like at best a 50 50 chance of us making it out of there.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. ship
0: fixed. <laughs> so <laughs> i was uh very much uh you know i was really empathizing with them in that moment you know yeah
1: and,
0: and i love how baby yoda still shocked himself and i mean yeah. i didn't love that he was like you shock a baby but i thought it was funny and uh and
1: he was tough he made it through i was i was concerned we'd have an injured baby yoda but he was fine just a yeah. little he smoke was okay. inhalation
0: and of course, then Mando's like, "Well, it was worth a try."
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it was.
0: But you can't, you can't expect too much.
1: That's why Mando needs a ship droid.
0: Yeah, I think he's he still, you know, he has. That's one of the things about this season is it really has shown that he's grown since the first season. Because when he came back uh, and talked to uh, Amy Sedaris's character on Tatooine to get his ship fixed earlier in the season, mm-hmm. he was like, "You might as well let the droids go in there." Like without without a second thought. And that's not something he would have done. I mean, prior to the end of last season, I think.
1: Yeah. IG-11 did did good things for him and got a statue.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think so. This is actually um, a topic that I wanted to get into with you because so not only did he have that whole experience with IG-11 and that was I mean, partially it was or maybe to a, a large degree it was. Him getting over his uh, prejudice against droids, and not saying he doesn't have reason to hate droids, right? Because obviously they killed his, you know, family
1: and like whole town <laughs>
0: and like... whole town and the cl- and you know the you know the whole Clone Wars and everything. But um, you know he he really hung on to that, and we got to see how much he hated droids in that first season. Mm-hmm. The second season rolls around, and he's like, I ah, just let the droids in my ship and let them fix it. So I thought that was kind of a milestone for him, but also, you know, last episode he met Bo Katan and had right. that whole conversation with her about how. Well, wait, no, there's actually Mandalorians who were born on Mandalore, who will take off take their, their helmet, helmet off, right?
1: PT-Dubs, Mando, you grew up in a cult. <laughs> yeah. <Surprise. laughs>
0: yeah, and so now we get the scene where he's having he's sharing a cup of soup with Baby Yoda, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually like pulls his helmet up just far enough to sip the soup and uh, as I was saying during the commentary like there's no way he does that in front of any other living being Mm -mm. you know I mean it's showing their bond but I think it's also showing that he's loosening up a little bit and you know potentially that's because he's had a lot of things to think about that are maybe widening his perspective a little bit I mean what do you think about that
1: I could see that at the time I was just seeing it more as their bond. Cause it would be hard to like leave. Uh, I don't want to call baby Yoda a baby at this point, but like leave a toddler mm-hmm. alone. Like I'm going to go eat. Don't don't <laughs> mess shit up that's anything falling
0: apart in the cockpit. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I could see him waiting to eat until baby Yoda was like asleep or something. So eating with him reinforces that bond, shows the connection. And it did seem like he took some of what she said to heart, even if he doesn't necessarily want her to be the new head of the Mandalorians.
0: Right. Right. I mean, I think by the end of that episode, the, you know, the last one that, um, Mm -hmm. that he did develop some respect for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, i still, I think he still wasn't happy about the fact that she kind of changed the terms of the deal. Like, once they were there in the thick of it. Right. But, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's gotten a love for the empire. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, she was, she did treat him honorably there at the end. So, you know, um, I think what she said is working on him subconsciously, if nothing else. So, um, anyways, that was just that, that first, you know, couple little things at the beginning, just with him and baby Yoda was great. And I like how they really made baby Yoda a big part of this episode.
1: There was so much Baby Yoda in this episode. Uh, thank you, Carl Weathers, for that. <laughs> you knew what the people wanted.
0: Yeah, directed by Carl Weathers. And, of course, the next thing is they they arrive at Navarro, and Carl Weathers and uh, uh, Grief Kargan and Cara Dune are there to greet him. And I tell you what, I love how Carl Weathers is such like the grandpa to Baby Yoda. He takes him and he's like look at you is this guy taking good care of you yeah he said yeah and he's like he just carries him in and i just thought that they were
1: so cuddly together i loved it so much
0: yeah and um you know of course we know that uh he really does owe his life to baby yoda yeah. Which is kind of what turned him around, you know, at the end of last season. And uh, he's he's become that old, old softy on the inside for Baby Yoda now. And I just, I'm I, I'm here for it, you know?
1: I mean, how could you not, really? He's such a precious little bean.
0: He is. And I feel like his vocalizations are developing just the slightest bit, you know, to where he can... He's, I mean, Grief Karga goes, he said, yeah. And did he, though? I'm not...
1: Quite sure. Right, That's I wasn't weird, entirely but... sold on that, but I've heard parents and grandparents say that their kids said a whole lot of things where I was like, <laughs> yup, sure did."
0: Sure. I think I think normally with that, it's like you get so in tune with the, the the little things that your kids do that you can tell what they're trying to say, even if they don't quite make it. Yeah. So maybe 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 grief carga has that connection with. That. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But uh, that was really cool to see. So we really get started off with some like kind of like warm fuzzies in this episode, which is probably good to balance out the the end of it because it does get pretty dark there at the end. Yeah, but uh, of course, we go into he's like, you know, how's my credit here? And they're like, We're, we can work something out. And indeed, they have uh, a job that they would like his help with.
1: I mean, everybody has a job they need Mando's help with. It seems like <laughs> that is the way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to hire somebody and you need uh, you need an action guy, you need a badass. This is the this is obviously your optimal choice. But it was nice to see him back together with his old friends uh, from the last season, and uh, I love how they drop Baby Yoda off at school.
1: I'm so glad that he didn't get bullied. I know I mentioned that in the commentary track, but I was so worried when they put him at school because he's so small and kids can be so mean he and is. the fact that he was just there and he got some macarons he had a good day
0: <laughs> and the kids and the kids really reacted when he got there you know and he just plops him down in that chair at the desk
1: right that's kind of why I was worried because the way they were reacting because they might have been like oh he's so cute but also like let's pull on his ears and
0: <laughs> right right and uh, I love that it was being taught by a protocol droid. That was a nice little Star Wars element that I can appreciate.
1: I think protocol droids would probably be the most informative and most boring teachers you could Yes,
0: have. simultaneously the most informative and the most bo- most boring. And uh, I don't know, and also probably pushovers, because obviously that kid brought in like a whole tube of cookies and was just eating right? it in class.
1: <laughs> like what class were you ever allowed to eat in before Oh, college? I wasn't.
0: I mean, I don't know how they run things these days, but I, I sure as hell wasn't allowed to do anything like that. Right. But, uh,
1: <laughs> unless he had enough for everyone, which he clearly did not
0: clearly. He did, however, have enough to share with baby Yoda.
1: He did.
0: Baby Yoda was giving him the baby Yoda eyes. You know, he really, he, he, and he asked nicely for mm-hmm. a cookie, I thought, you know, but then, uh, when the kid was like, no, I'm going to keep my cookies, Baby Yoda really, really wanted them and therefore (laughs) he used the force.
1: Get between food. He will eat a live frog. He will eat the last eggs of your species and (laughs) eat your cookies right off your desk.
0: Yes. He moves from eating the unborn to uh, eating somebody else's cookies now. Uh, the
1: unborn is such a dark way to describe. I know the that's end. what we
0: were calling it la- last time <laughs> in our episode.
1: I ate the unborn for breakfast.
0: <laughs> oh God, yeah. So, um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, he uh, but th- but this is exactly what a toddler would do. Like, you tell them not to to take something and eat it. Right, the second you look away, they're taking it. Right. And granted, you know, baby Yoda has the force, so he has little extra ability to get into things that, you know, regular toddlers don't have, though you would be surprised what toddlers can get into when they're motivated enough.
1: I can't even imagine childproofing your house for a toddler with a force.
0: Oh, my God. It'd be impossible. I mean, even for a regular human child, of which I have two, like think about like you can do a lot of childproofing. There's a lot of stuff you can do. All right. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact remains that you're still talking about a, a human being, a small human being. But if they are motivated enough and if they are unattended enough,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they could literally get into anything. I mean, no matter how hard you, you know, I mean, unless you're locking something in like a steel vault, you know, right. with like a, you know, they, they can get in just about anything. And and the second you turn back around and look at them, the thing that you told them not to eat, they'll have no shame about just taking a bite and looking you in the eye when they do it, which is exactly what Baby Yoda did to that. Kid.
1: I will never forget one of my nieces when I was trying to get her to stop doing something and she looked at me Smiled and then resumed doing the thing, but very slowly while staring me dead in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Honey, <laughs> you you know that I'm watching you. What are you doing?"
0: Yeah, they just they just push they just push the envelope as far as they can. You know, part of the, I think part of the thing about you know uh, being a toddler or like toddlers is that they. They're just testing the boundaries of everything. It's not necessarily that they want to be difficult or that they are being, you know, stubborn on purpose. It's just that every single thing is new to them and they're just seeing how far they can go with everything. At least uh, that's what it seems like to me. So, but yeah, that was, that was nice. That was more Baby Yoda stuff that was really, that was really fun, you know.
1: I like seeing Mando being a dad. It's like, I know that it's the lone wolf and cub thing, uh, which I haven't read and I really should. Mm-hmm. But what I really wanted from Game of Thrones was like more time with Arya and the Hound. And I feel like we're getting <laughs> a little bit of that with uh, Mando, who has a real name that I never call him by, Din Djarin.
0: Din Djarin, yeah.
1: Yeah. But with Mando and baby Yoda.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... I would have liked to see more of Arya and the Hound. That's true. Although Arya was always gonna like leave him to die or something. Whereas, oh, absolutely, you know. But I, th- I
1: would have loved like a spinoff of the two of them, self crimes, <laughs> <and laughs> the Metro. lost years. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Arya and the Hound, the lost years. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Animated spinoff. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, but um, yeah. So you know, from there we move on to you know them laying out the uh the job for mando basically and uh you know there's a moment where they're like are you really in and he's like all right well what are we looking at you know and they and they get into it
1: they're like let's go murder some civilian <laughs>
0: <laughs> well not <laughs> civilians but uh uh it's they supposed- did not
1: expect soldiers they do say that they're surprised to see stormtroopers there.
0: oh she said it was a skeleton crew um, right i took that to mean there's like you know maybe five stormtroopers there and maybe like a couple like administrators or something
1: okay when I first when they first said that I was like so there's just like mechanics there or something <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like we're gonna go kill a couple of mechanics and maybe some scientists because they work for the Empire it's like that sucks
0: yeah it's you know maybe not the you know the most there's glorious. Still probably
1: bad people because they work for the Empire but true also, I mean they like,
0: are space Nazis I mean right I think that's really what it comes down to. But, uh, you know, ultimately, they decide to go do this. And, uh, you know, I don't think Grief Karga is like, you know, like a like a light warrior. Uh, But he is concerned with the well-being of Navarro, you know, his planet. And he wants it to
1: thriving.
0: Yeah. And he wants it to thrive as a a trade hub for the sector, I think he said. So and you can't really do that if there's still, you know. An, a, an old empire base down there. I mean, granted, they they drove, you know, all the the occupying, you know, troopers out of their their town or their city or whatever. But like, there is a whole planet, and you know, who knows when more of them are going to show up and you know land right. on the landing pad or whatever, right? So
1: I but get it. It might you not know? be a threat now, but it's always there,
0: right? And Mendo, you know, is not cool with the empire as you know as well he should be. So, um, so of- he just.
1: Carga for
0: building that statue for to memorialize Oh, yes. The statue of IG-11, which if you missed that in the episode, it's right when they're bringing him uh, through town in the background, uh, you'll be able to see it. And he's got like one arm upraised triumphantly.
1: He's a hero. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like a local hero. I thought that was a really nice touch, actually, for the town, which really is thriving. I mean, it's almost, I think you said, like unrecognizable.
1: I thought they were somewhere new. Like I looked up mm-hmm. Navarro last night so I was like I must be remembering this wrong. This is weird. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, that's that's where this started. Okay.
0: Yeah, cuz like
1: It just looks great.
0: <laughs> when he was there before last season, it really gave these vibes of like you know the the dilapidated you know town in the old west where
1: it looks like a hive of scum and villainy <laughs> a
0: hive of scum and villainy exactly <laughs> you know where the people stay boarded up inside you know and blah 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 but now it's like this thriving like market outside and there's like kids running around and they got a school in the old bar or whatever
1: in the um, in the first season, didn't we see them eating, like, the salacious crumb aliens? Yeah, they were they were roasting him on a spit. <laughs> yeah, okay. And mm-hmm. this doesn't seem like that kind of town anymore.
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly.
1: Where they eat sentient aliens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I mean, excellent point. So, uh, apparently, you know, things are a lot better. And, okay, you know, we got that. Actually, I guess the first scene on Navarro was... Uh, Cara Dune cleaning out the uh, the aliens from the old covert.
1: With the space ferret!
0: <laughs> and she meets her new friend, the space ferret, which I thought must, I mean, I think must have been a puppet, but was just It had fun. to be a
1: puppet with maybe some CG, but Baby Yoda's a puppet all the way through, so they have some yeah. puppet puppetry yeah. people. So I,
0: I really show. like that they, that's what they're doing in this show. And granted, it saves them money, right? But uh, for, the, for the budget, because it is just a TV show, after all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with TV show size budget. But I think part of the original charm of Star Wars was the fact that they did use some puppetry and some practical effects in a really, really super effective way. I mean, think about Yoda. Yeah. Like, actual Yoda was a puppet, and that's the Yoda that we all fell in love with.
1: Not flying around prequel- Yoda.
0: <laughs> right right although they did actually go in and redo the cgi of yoda in the prequel trilogy at some point and he actually I looks way way better in this in the second version yeah but um but anyhow i mean i think the yoda puppet you know the original yoda puppets like one of the the best like well-crafted most expressive puppets that was like ever made at that time absolutely you know so i'm, I'm glad they're kind of bringing that tradition forward and it makes it feel more like star wars to me i don't know
1: it does. I remember when I saw uh, The Force Awakens in the theater, there's a little shot where I think it's either panning out on Rey, it's going to show us Rey, or it's showing BB-8 like rolling a- around in the sand. Uh-huh. And then there's just like a random little alien that pops its head out of the sand and notices what's going on. And I was like, this is Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't have to include that, but they're like, here's a little alien puppet for you just watching what's going on. And Mm -hmm. that was where it felt like Star Wars to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that their approach to the like the the design, like the, you know, the art design in that movie was very spot on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will refrain from saying more because I have many criticisms about that trilogy.
1: Yeah, I don't want I don't <laughs> want your podcast to get flamed for me breaking out the
0: trilogy. well, you know, I actually want to do a whole episode about the sequel trilogy and how it fits into the, you know, the the saga, you know, the Skywalker saga, because you know, we did a, a reaction episode to the rise of Skywalker. And mm. you know, I had some positive things to say about it, but it was very much like an immediate reaction. Uh, but honestly, you know, the more and more time, I probably say this like every Mando episode now, but like the more time that goes on, the more I feel disappointed, especially with Rise of Skywalker, but you know, with that whole trilogy, but that said, I'm just saying that I would love to have an episode where we really talk about it and, uh, and, uh, you know, what we think about it and how effective or not effective it might be. Maybe you'll want to be a part of that episode. Who knows?
1: I would love to. I have a lot of feelings about the new trilogy, but I think <laughs> that probably everyone who has ever seen a Star War has a lot of feelings <laughs> about the new trilogy. Yes. So that does not make me unique.
0: Yes. Well, yes. We'll, we will have plenty of. Feelings and words about those feelings in a later episode, folks. Um so
1: nobody hates Star Wars as much as a Star Wars fan.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> True words have never been spoken. So um but yeah, so and I thought it was a really good use of those aliens that uh that Kara Dune did um uh, basically kick their asses. I
1: know Panda Baba is I'm gonna look it up right now because I should Okay, yes when we were on a break. Because is the guy. Uh, he's aquilish. Aqualish. That's it. Aqualish. Thank you.
0: Aqualish. Those Aqualish aliens have not seen a lot of use. I used to call them used. the
1: boon faces when I was a kid. <laughs>
0: the boon faces, yeah. <laughs> they are... I'm going to say it. They're ugly. I, I find them to be uh,
1: pretty mean, ugly. they look like they have a baboon butt on their face. <laughs>
0: they do. I mean, there's no getting around it. But uh, it was interesting to see them finally get some, you know, some use in, in Star Wars somewhere. And uh, they were obviously... You know, had I obviously taken up residence in the old old covert,
1: mm-hmm. uh, which
0: says to me that, you know, clearly the armorer had finished like melting down, you know, all the leftover armor for scrap or whatever and left uh, at some point. He
1: left her in a fight, right? Yeah, she, she was fighting
0: are... those uh, troopers that came down after her. And I have no doubt that she took care of them all. Yeah. But uh, so that was the last time we saw her and, and she's gone. And so these, you know, criminals have taken up residence.
1: They were going to eat a space ferret.
0: yeah and they were i guess they eat those space ferrets
1: sure seemed like it
0: yeah i don't know how they eat but i'm gonna choose not to speculate too much on that (laughs) um (laughs) but um
1: what a missed opportunity to show us how they eat
0: (laughs) yes i'm glad that farmers needs more
1: of it needs us uh to see more of how various aliens eat
0: Yes, uh, perhaps in some cases, but I could probably pass seeing how the aqu- the aqualish
1: aqualish. Yeah, the aqualish like aqua eat. and then lish like a little bit aqua.
0: <laughs> OK, OK, <Aqualish. laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see that meeting, to be frank uh, with you. Just but, imagine uh, how
1: different the cantina band scene in original Star Wars <laughs> or the. The two other cantina light scenes in New Star Wars would have been if we could have seen all of the aliens eat. I think the other one we see eat is like job of the hut.
0: True, true, and that's you know that's gross enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, she she takes care of business pretty quickly with those guys, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's not really you you. At least I definitely got the impression that it wasn't that tough of a job for her. Uh, I think it was though, a
1: nice reintroduction to her character like yeah. she's quick she's powerful she didn't even stop to have a conversation with them just mm-hmm. took them out mm-hmm. but she also has a soft side and you see that with her interacting yeah with
0: yeah them. she because she feeds the ferret thing like right. she saved it she didn't have to do that i guess but she happened to have like little some apples or something with her mm-hmm. you know and that thing really went to town on those apple pieces <laughs> as soon as she threw it yeah. down Man, I thought I thought they did a really good job with that ferret puppet or whatever that is. Space ferret, I guess we're going to call it. And it was super cute. It stood there. It was, like, standing on its hind legs, watching her, making cute, like, kitty sounds or that something. Fluffy little tail. Yeah. And then it follows her around. I mean, why wouldn't you? These ugly, aqualish dudes are about to eat you. And suddenly in bursts, you know, this woman who uh, does not have a butt for a face. And... <laughs> <laughs> Saves your life, gives you food. I mean, I think she picked up a friend for life there.
1: Uh, I mean, if you've ever fed a stray animal, you know that you have a friend for life.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how I got my first cat, actually. Yeah. Uh, I was five years old and he was wandering around. I fed him and I fed him some more. And, uh, and then and you he had was, a cat. And he was my buddy for the next 20 years. <laughs> so, no joke. So, yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, I named him Rufus. Actually, Aww. that's what I named him. So, so anyway, yeah. So then, of course, you know, Mando shows up and all, and all of this, and they uh, they go to bring the old Empire weapons base under siege. I guess, and uh, I love how they br- so they reintroduce uh, what's his face, the blue guy from the uh, the first, uh, the very first Mando episode, who we find out his name is Mithril. Mithril. And the act and the actor's name is
1: Horatio Sands,
0: who you said was on uh, SNL. Yeah. At one point. Like years ago. Yeah. Very well cast. Very funny. You know, great actor. And you made a really good point, you know, when we were watching it, which is that like he was the, you know, the not straight guy character that they brought in, in terms of, you know, because Grief Karga and Cara Dune and Mando are bo- all basically the straight guy in terms of the the mm-hmm. serious character that doesn't really joke around so much, right? And so they like brought this guy- we've seen Mando
1: in. joke a little bit. We've seen Grief Cargo be cute with Baby Yoda and mm-hmm. maybe joke a little bit, but it's a dry humor.
0: Right, right. Whereas this guy was really there for the, you know, the humor and the moments of levity and stuff. And he brought it, you know, he was very entertaining. And he pointed out
1: that there are not guardrails and that <laughs> yes. they do not use safe protocols. Which is- <laughs> you know imperial uh stations
0: which is you know an observation that many of us have been making since the original star wars
1: um i think legal eagle did a whole thing of like osha violations
0: oh my god seriously
1: he does a thing where it's like what laws were broken in various movies if he hasn't done one for star wars he should but um
0: osha violations for the empire yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) And, uh, you know, that guy was very sort of whiny the whole time. But by virtue of uh, everyone else sort of like coercing him into coming along. And I guess grief cargo was like, fine, I'll shave, you know, 100 years off your sentence if you, you know, do this. But uh, they basically forced him to be like the most heroic and brave that he's ever been in his life. (laughs) And he shot a
1: stormtrooper.
0: I think he shot two stormtroopers. Yeah, he shot the one. He was like the last one to go down in their first fight at the uh, in the clone room or whatever. Oh yeah, and then on their way out, he was shooting some some guys as well uh, before they got into the the transport thingy. But let's so first of all, on their way in, I mean, he was funny, kind of grumbling there, uh, like when he gets out of the car instead of the speeder, the land speeder, and stuff.
1: Like you said, good thing he didn't stay with the speeder. <laughs>
0: I know, right? Because <laughs> it gets smashed later. <laughs> But I just love how Mando, he looks up and there's that platform and he's like, hold on. and He, he flies up there, <laughs> you know, and he lands and you're saying, th- you know, they get back to like working on the door. But like, I'm wondering the whole time. I'm like, are there guards up there? And, and inevitably, the moment I wonder that, whoosh. one falls down. One falls down. <laughs> that was such a great moment. I really got to give props to Carl Weathers for this episode.
1: Yeah. And the action was so well directed. The comedy was timed really well.
0: I, yeah, I think it was timed really well.
1: And that Amando yeah, jetpack. Uh, when we saw him do it again, and he flies up, and we see how precisely he shoots those two stormtroopers. Uh, the one who does the uh, I expected a Wilhelm scream, and it wasn't going down <laughs> right, into the lights.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Because also you see the two the two guys who are there like watch the body fall down. Like Uh something about that moment is just so funny when a stormtrooper sees like the other stormtroopers, like just getting, you know, mauled or whatever. Um, (laughs) So, you know, what's not to enjoy about that? But, um, you know, I just I just love how there's these moments that just shows what a badass he is. And if you can combine that with some humor, like it's just mm, chef's kiss, you know. Yeah. Uh, But I think that they also have have shown quite clearly in this uh, show that he's not invincible though right you know especially was it last episode where those squid face guys I, i'm sorry i don't have the name of the alien on the top of my tongue here but they really kind of got the better of him when they threw baby yoda down into the, oh, mob, the, the sea creature yeah the cal no were they they weren't the mon cows they oh were the no,
1: squid no Face they guys never- no, no, no. Sorry. I, yes, yes. The the guys who looked like Davy Jones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Davy Jones aliens. I mean, they I mean, he went down there and they tried. he was in trouble. You yeah, know? he was, you know, and and I guess maybe he had just let his guard down too much. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so that's, worried
1: about the baby.
0: But yeah, I mean, so he's not invincible. So I think they've they've done a good job of that. But like, so, okay, so they go in and they they finally get to this clone room. What were your thoughts when you see these, like, vats full of clones and, like, what was going on there?
1: Honestly, my first thought was, like, oh, shit, it's Snoke. This is the <laughs> Snoke origin story that I did not want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But watching it again, I don't know if it's Snoke. It kind of looks like him, but it also just kind of looks like people who went wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it is natural for that to be the first place your mind goes.
1: Especially because we last time we saw Snoke, he was in a vat.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and so I think that's why, you know, because of that, like, shot, I guess, in The Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Spoilers! That would be a logical place to go. I, I just really hope that's not what they're doing with it because even though... I really doubt that Disney's ever going to like retcon the sequel trilogy. You know, yeah. I, I really don't think that they will. I know a lot of people are hoping that they will. I don't see that as being realistic.
1: I, I do not think that they will. But I also didn't think they would ever release the Snyder cut, so I'm not yeah, good, good point. at psychic predicting.
0: But um, you know, but that's but that's Warner Brothers, though. Right. I was going to say that's not Disney. That's Warner Brothers. They haven't really been too. Uh, you know, they haven't gone to really any lengths at all to remain uh consistent with continuity between those <laughs> superhero movies, those decent movies it kindly. You know, put it yeah, that's putting it very mildly. So uh that doesn't surprise me. But I just don't think Disney's gonna do that. So I would personally prefer it if they just left the sequel trilogy stuff out of it.
1: Yeah, but I also see how the Mandalorian, given that it takes place like what, ten years after Return of the Jedi? Five. Five, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is, if there was anything that they wanted to flesh out between the two trilogies, this is a prime place to do it.
0: Oh, for sure, you know, and...
1: But I also don't want them to, because I want it to be an independent thing, you know?
0: I I just, like, normally I'm all about the tie-ins and stuff, and, you know, maybe if you're a huge fan of the sequel trilogy all the way through, you know, you, you'd love that the, the possibility that it could be some Snoke tie in, but I just feel like because, <laughs> all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to just say it because the storytelling and particularly, I think the rise of Skywalker, but really just the the sequel trilogy as a whole was so terrible on a certain level
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I just don't want Mandalorian to, to fudge with it. I just don't, I just don't want them to like try and go in and like be connected with it and try and like make it better because I just don't think it can make it better. Like, I guess there could be an argument like if you thought by establishing some certain things in the Mandalorian, like in this time period that like, oh, that could add layers of context or it could do this or that and add depth to the story. But I think that. When you try and do that, like, yeah, maybe you can add some depth or some context, but you can't, like, fix story problems, you know?
1: Right. It would—it seemed to me like they were trying with the uh, nod to midichlorians, too, which—
0: That uh... was a reference that I didn't mind. Um I was not thrilled with the idea of the midichlorians as stated in the prequels. (laughs) Yes. I I did. I like like, calling
1: them M count.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like if you just keep it to M count and you don't like try and like get too explanatory with like, Oh, the force and the bacteria, like, okay. Like I'm okay. That was a fine tie in. Like it didn't go too deep, but like if they're going to end up saying like, Oh, that, that number two was Snoke
1: so i'm wondering if they were the whole thing is that they were trying to use baby yoda as part of palpatine's cloning thing and they needed like to combine baby yoda's blood with whatever they were using for palpatine to find like Mm -hmm. to create a body that would be strong enough in the force using the midichlorians i mean the m count to make it yeah and maybe that's what made the Snoke abomination. Uh,
0: I mean, I get, I mean, you could make that connection and there's an argument to be made that that's what they're doing with this, but I that's mean, what
1: I thought they were going for, I would rather they showed, I mean, and this might be a totally different show than what they're doing, but mm-hmm. showed the political fracturing on the sidelines of like what caused the first order to rise and the new Republic yeah. to collapse. I mean,
0: that's something I'm interested in, but I also don't really even like the first order as a story element. To be totally honest,
1: because they're like alt right little fuckboys. No, it's just like
0: you know my. I think my biggest problem with Force Awakens, and there are things that I do like about it a lot, but my biggest problem with Force Awakens is it's just a retelling of A New Hope. It's like Mm -hmm. beat for beat, practically. You know, to the point where I think that was
1: intentional.
0: It well, it was. It definitely was. How could it not be? But they've also admitted it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just the fact that, like, I've actually been trying to uh, plan a video essay on how the main reason I think that the sequel trilogy has so many problems as a whole is that they drop the ball on the whole mythic underpinning of it, mm. and. I mean, this is a longer conversation, you know, for another time. But, like, essentially, when they went back to basically the Empire again and the Death Star again, it...
1: But bigger.
0: But, but bigger, yeah. They were trying to do more Star Wars without totally understanding the mythic underpinnings, in my opinion. Which is also what made the original Star Wars trilogy so... uh resonant for people even just at a subconscious level and so i feel like and plus like more information has come out about you know george what george lucas was planning for the you know the overarching plot for a sequel trilogy which and let's look you know george lucas is not you know a god or a perfect man or anything like that um and i have plenty of problems with the prequel trilogy but at least it would have been coherent and it would have been mythologically consistent underneath it all and and so i i i don't know i i just feel like it was kind of a, a misstep and therefore this is i'm coming back to the mandalorian now finally uh, <laughs> <laughs> therefore i'm not super interested in the in the first order itself but strangely i would not be upset in any way if this program with the child that, you know, Moff Gideon is running happens to be some kind of cloning program of Palpatine's because, A, I could totally see that as something that Palpatine was running in the background the whole time. And I think there's actually tons of Star, or at least some Star Wars books that were written in past years where, like, he did that. Yes. Right. And also... It doesn't mean it doesn't have to mean that it becomes a clone of Palpatine in the end. It could be a project that Moff Gideon, you know, hijacked for his own purposes for some reason. Right. To
1: make dark troopers.
0: Right. Right. So with that, all, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. And there is the idea that like I saw some things online about how dark troopers and because I guess they were in like some video games and some books,
1: maybe. Yes, uh, that's what I saw. They weren't in one of the game. Okay, so the only Star Wars video games that I have played are Shadows of the Empire and mm-hmm. Couture 1 and 2, mm-hmm. because I'm an old lady. <laughs> but but uh, good they're good. I'm just not into MMOs, so I haven't played yeah. the like Battlefront ones. But uh, yeah, I think they're in some more recent video games and also the ex- There's universe actually
0: a lot of star wars video games and i've only played a few of them (laughs) Um, some of them are really good some of them are not as good but yeah so i think the thing with the dark troopers is and from things i've read online are like uh some of them were droids and some of them are like exoskeletons that you could put on that would allow you to use the force to some so maybe they're using
1: baby yoda to make those exoskeletons functional.
0: Yeah, and their and you know their inclusion at the end of the episode, you know, juxtaposed with the fact that like the stuff they find out about the the clones or whatever they are in the baby's blood, that right. would seem to suggest a connection even though I don't necessarily think they are connected, but they could be.
1: And also he has the dark saber, which you don't have to be a force user to wield, but I imagine mm-hmm. being a force w- user would Make you better at it. Only
0: help, you know. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, so what do you think are the chances that these dark troopers are being fueled by this project? Or are they totally something separate?
1: I think showing them in the same episode, in the same base, definitely implies a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, putting them together like that, it wants us to think of them. Together,
0: they do say like, "Oh, this isn't a weapons depot. This is actually a lab where they're researching something." Right. Look at the clone bodies. Oh, there happens to be these mysterious dark trooper things that we've never seen before. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it makes sense.
1: And plus, clones aren't the only things we've seen in those vats. We saw Luke healing in one of those vats before, in in his little oh yeah the back
0: to tent. diaper mm-hmm. yeah in his, in his his futuristic diaper yeah. So who knows? I mean, you know, this is one of the great things about this show is it leaves little things dangling for us. But uh, I was gratified to be correct that Ahsoka was not going to appear in this episode because I predicted that.
1: They want to make you wait for her.
0: Yeah, and I think that's fine. Now, a lot of people have said that she's going to appear in the following episode, which was written and is being directed by Dave Filoni.
1: The following episode's called The Jedi, right?
0: Is it? Oh, I didn't even look. I think
1: so. So that would Ooh. imply that it's her.
0: Yeah, that would imply. I know. I I thought that like the episode titles had been released or something like that, but I purposefully didn't look at them.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I spoiled. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I actually don't
0: mind because uh, that's the next episode, so it doesn't really. But I mean, it would make sense. I originally, like before the season even began, like I had read that she was just going to be in one episode, and so I mm-hmm. I was like, eh, it'll probably be like at the end of the season. You know, maybe like the the final or the penultimate episode. But what what's the next episode going to be? Number five.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. So. Yes. And then there's all this speculation. Timothy
1: Elephant, spiders, Mandalorians, and then this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. The spy. Oh man, that those spiders were something else.
1: I did not enjoy them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was when we were doing our coverage of that episode. Um, my, uh, regular co-host, uh, Jess, uh, he has a teenage daughter Mm -hmm. and he said she was watching it. And when that, uh, when that scene came on where they like all come out of the eggs and they'd like burst from like every seam of the caves and were like coming towards them. She was like, nope. And she turned, she stopped it and walked out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, when that big spider came out, I just went Aragog and my (laughs) partner (laughs) was so the show and just looked at me so disgusted and went, Sheila. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, how dare you?
0: But those I you, you may know this already, but those were taken from some concept art that Ralph McQuarrie did for uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back that never made it into the movie.
1: I didn't know that. That's awesome. They
0: were originally going to be uh, these creatures on Dagobah that Luke would have to face in like the dark side area or something. I don't know.
1: Oh. But they
0: ended up not getting used. And then uh, Dave Filoni ended up actually putting them into a few episodes of Star Wars Rebels uh, on a totally different planet. So I don't know, maybe their cousin species or something, but they look almost exactly the same in the animated show, too. Oh,
1: that's so, cool. That
0: there's just a little bit of trivia there. Um but I mean, what else is there to say about this episode except that they, you know, uh oh, well there's the chase.
1: Chase was so good.
0: It was. So uh, f- so first of all, when they're walking around in this this imperial base, you know, that that's left after the the fall of the empire proper towards the core, like first of all, I really feel like and this whole show does this to uh to a degree, but this episode in particular felt very, very much like post-Return of the Jedi. Uh, it felt very, very tied to the original trilogy, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying.
1: Like walking around in that base feels like, it feels like Star Wars. I know that it's, yeah. it's a weird thing to say, but it feels like Star Wars.
0: <laughs> well, there have been uh, Star Wars properties that haven't felt as much like Star Wars. I mean, let's face it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. But just something about being in that sterile kind of mm-hmm. oddly shaped the imperial
0: like hallways, like, yeah, it felt very Death Star, you know, mm-hmm. felt very, very Death Star. I mean, the, the uniforms are like exactly the same as in the OG trilogy,
1: There's basically. And I mean, these are people imperial are, architecture.
0: Yeah. And these are, you know, almost assuredly. Imperial characters who were serving under the Empire proper five years ago you know before the second Death Star exploded and all that so it really did felt like such feel like such a great callback I mean just down to like the stormtroopers patrolling the hallways you know and like i all have their... their
1: own Wikipedia article. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? TK whatever it was yeah <laughs> um, and uh it, it just felt it just felt right you know it just felt just felt very much at home in the Star Wars. You know, setting, and uh, I just really appreciated that about it. And I love how this show does at various times. It really does give us a picture of the galaxy post-imperial fall. You know, in the beginning years of the new republic, and I, yeah, I love that because this is a period of history. You know, in this setting that I always wondered about. You know, because you watch Return of the Jedi, and they're like, "Oh yeah," you know, the the Republic is back and they're going to have to rebuild and surely there's going to be still Imperial ships out there. And, you know, who knows, but I love that we're getting glimpses of that.
1: I'm going to be really nitpicky here though. and there's only one thing that I wish that they did, that they did do. And I think the very first, if not the first episode of Mandalorian, maybe it was the second when we first met the client, Werner Herzog's character and saw his Uh stormtroopers, the Stormtrooper uniforms looked a little bit beat up and a little bit dirty. Yeah. And I wish that these costumes had a little bit more wear and tear on them just to show that, you know, they don't have access to all of the stuff that they used to.
0: Same level. Although maybe
1: Mm. they looked clean because they are building like dark troopers and they do have resources now that um, Giancarlo Esposito is there that they didn't, that the client didn't have access to.
0: And I really like how at the end, that one X-Wing pilot, the, you know, like the outer rim beat cop, as I referred to him for the new Republic. God, I, I can't remember that guy's name.
1: You're from Alderaan. Did you lose anyone when your entire planet exploded? I'm sorry, I will not get over that. That was a
0: little ham-handed uh, line. Uh, it was It was maybe a bit much. Because I really, I think that's a great observation. Like, he could have just done that with a look, kind of. He
1: could have just said, like, you're from Alderaan. And she mm-hmm. could have been like, yep. Yeah. And we would know.
0: And they could share a quiet, you know, moment. And and that's it. But I mean. right. What he says in that scene with her, and I want to come back to this scene uh, when we talk about Cara Dune, but when he says, like, look, there's stuff going on out here in the Outer Rim and we're not going to be able to hold it unless we have local support. Like, that's big, I think, because that really shows you, in addition to all the other things that we've seen, right, Mm -hmm. that the Imperi, like, whatever foothold the Empire still has is probably all out in the Outer Rim, or you know, mostly out in the Outer Rim, right? And that's important. And that could be, you know, the beginnings of the First Order. That could be uh the beginnings of uh Palpatine's reserves, you know, whatever he's got left over that's working on stuff for him. It could be...
1: And it's it could, interesting because they, I think they specify in this one that the Empire could never hold the Outer Rim. So, of yeah. course, the New Republic is going to struggle with it. But now that... uh The New Republic is struggling. That's where the Empire is going to hide. So they've kind of done a switcheroo. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I love... talk a lot with my hands
1: and you can't see it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll uh, I'll try and keep that in mind, though. Uh, The (laughs) the hand waving in front of me. Yeah, I do that too. Uh, But um, anyhow, anyhow, I do love that the X-Wing pilot kind of tried to get her to join up officially. Yeah. And then he basically just impressed upon her the importance of you know, tamping down on whatever the Empire remnants are doing out here and he just leaves her the badge. And, you know, she's not a joiner, as she said, but I think she'll keep it and use it when she needs to. You know, did you get that impression or do you think she's more likely to toss it? Like, what do you think?
1: Oh, I think she's definitely going to keep it. And I was at first wondering if it was a way to contact him or if it was officially declaring her a marshal because it's kind of like mm-hmm. a sheriff star.
0: Yeah, it's very much the sheriff star. Yeah,
1: but I I think it's more of just a like, hey, you, you know that she might not be a joiner, but she is a helper and people need her.
0: They do. And she's from Alderaan, so she knows very well. That you know, you cannot give these guys any leeway at all, or right. you know, they're gonna come back and do something equally horrific. Uh, which in the sequel trilogy, I guess they do, but um, times five, <laughs> times five. But you know, I, I thought that was a very, um, a very important scene for Cara Dune, right? Because, yeah. She I mean, they acknowledge her past and the fact that she lost everybody, but it's like it's not just about, you know, the New Republic would like a recruit. It's it's very much about this recognition between two veterans that you cannot you cannot give these Empire guys an inch, you know, whatever they're up to. It ain't good. And he knows that you know, she's stationed out here and she might actually be in a position to do something about it when, you know, whenever it rears its ugly head again. So I just really, like, that was a very layered scene.
1: Yeah. I had read uh, some theories that they were considering giving Carradine her own spinoff. And I'm also wondering if that scene was kind of a setup feeling out the waters for that as well.
0: Oh. I would not be surprised. I don't know what the likelihood of it is. But I have also read that, you know, Disney slash Lucasfilm is really looking into creating sort of an interconnected web of like Star Wars properties on Disney Plus. So like, you know, shows uh, in very much an, an MCU kind of a way. And it's also my understanding that they've been consulting a lot with Kevin Feige, who, of course, is the grand poobah of the MCU. Um, you know, he basically, he produced all those movies and he's been kind of Marvel's mastermind for the cinematic universe. And now, uh, their TV universe, now that they've wrested that away from, like uh, Ike Perlmutter.
1: Mm-hmm. They're allowed to have women now. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I, you know, I thought, um, I thought that was a very layered scene and you could be right. That could be them sort of testing the waters and, you know, potential setup for her own show. But even if not, I really like that scene.
1: Yeah. And it was nice to give her some more characterization because I don't think yeah. we knew that she was from Alderon before We did.
0: They had mentioned it once in the first season. Okay,
1: just kidding. I forgot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I did like that 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 interaction with them. Uh, I do want to put out my, my caveat of uh, it's it's hard for me to watch scenes with Cara Dune because I love her character so much and I do not feel the same way about the actress who plays her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as I think I mentioned to you uh, before, <laughs> I have purposefully not followed any of that stuff because I just, yeah. wanna, I just want to think of Cara Dune as Cara Dune for the time being.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard for me. And I wish that I, I mm. <laughs>
0: It's the age old argument of, you know, can you separate the artist from their work, you know, type of thing, which the first time I remember thinking about that stuff was like all the all the controversy and accusations with Michael Jackson. I think that was the first time. Oh yeah. I I thought you
1: were going to say Woody Allen, but Michael Jackson too.
0: I know. I know I'm aware of Woody Allen now, but I mean, uh, I think the Michael Jackson stuff came out when I was younger, before I was really aware of Woody Allen. Yeah. So anyhow, anyhow. So the last thing I think we need to talk about for this episode is the chase. So first of all, you know, once they, it starts with the hologram really of the doctor.
1: And, Yay for Star Wars holograms.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they uh they really uh they really kept it feeling like Star Wars with that touch. But uh
1: right?
0: but I mean so he's there and you know he's giving a report to Moff Gideon where he's like, you know, results, yada yada, pseudoscience didn't stuff. Get enough
1: blood,
0: didn't get enough blood, would need the donor again. And he's like, Man, good thing Moff Gideon is dead, and they're like, wait, no, this was three days old, dude.
1: Frat raw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> it's not exactly how they played it in that moment. But
1: and that's big for Mando to know that Moff Gideon uh, is not dead and that his yeah. uh, ship crashing was was not the Did end not kill of him.
0: him. I mean, that was I mean, he was almost immediately like, I have to go get the kid. I have to go get the child. You right. Know? And Cara Dune's like jetpack. It'll be faster. Get out of here. You know,
1: I like how supportive they were of him Right? He's going to get his boy.
0: Because they weren't immediately like, well, you know, just finish this with us. He's in school. He'll be fine. They were like, nope, we get it. Go. And he right? did. And even on his way out, he takes out like six guys, like six stormtroopers yeah. or something. Didn't actually count it. And then he goes up through that like lava shaft or whatever it is. And he takes out the two guys at the top.
1: And then a third guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he, no- he knocks him down and the two uh, stormtroopers, you know, venturing out onto the ledge, see him fall, which I don't know why that was so funny to me. But just like anytime you see in the Empire getting its just desserts, it's just like such a satisfying that thing.
1: scream was so funny. <laughs> and I really yeah. expected it to be a Wilhelm scream, but it wasn't. It was just like an ugly, funny scream.
0: <laughs> yeah, they can't overuse the Wilhelm scream. Just every just every now
1: and then. But yeah, and then the chase, I think we talked about this on the, the 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 thing that we just did. But it seems like a big budget thing. Like it looks great, the the chase of the tank.
0: Oh, they got a and bigger budget tank. for season two than season one, for sure. Yeah. I mean if you think about it, this this show Is the hottest Star Wars thing going on right now? I mean, it's actually unified the fans, if you can, you know, if you can. That's
1: true. And it's kind of the only show that Disney Plus has right now.
0: It kind of is in terms of premium content. I mean, they've had some originals that are like little things that aren't, you know, no big deal.
1: Right. I remember when they first advertised Disney Plus though. They were like, "Get Disney Plus, you'll have access to the whole back catalog plus The Mandalorian and WandaVision and the Love right. Simon TV show." And <laughs> the Love Simon TV show went to Hulu. And the world WandaVision... according to
0: Jeff Goldblum. Yeah.
1: Oh, right. Well, my friend was on that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah?
1: Which one? He he's uh the one where he goes to Pittsburgh to get a tattoo.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he hangs out with a guy getting a tattoo of Jeff Goldblum. That's Uh my friend.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I haven't actually watched the show yet, but. Yeah, I've I've seen
1: that episode.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay. well, yeah, but, you know, this is all to say that uh, they don't have that much original programming on there yet. Right. But I mean, that that is changing. I think some stuff did get pushed because of covid. Notably yeah. like a couple Marvel shows, but I'm I mean, for
1: WandaVision.
0: oh God. Yeah. W- which we now know is starting January 15th, which actually makes a lot of sense. I would like originally people thought, oh, you know, the, the day after Thanksgiving, oh, may- or maybe it'll be, you know, the next weekend after Mando ends. But I actually think none of those really made a whole lot of sense because shows historically on television, whether it's cable or like network TV, like they always go on hiatus for the holidays. Right, people are going around doing family things, and I understand people are uh, stuck at home this you know holiday season. But people still have holiday stuff to do, right? So, I don't think it's. Uh,
1: and if you're not stuck at home for this holiday season, and you're not an essential worker, go home <laughs> Be in your house, please.
0: <laughs> yes, please take care of yourself. So, and your families. So, um, so then you know they're escaping, and. They find themselves in a shootout and uh, Kara has to, uh, you know, run and get them this little like it's like a tank speeder or a something, hover tank? a hover tank speeder thing. I forget what they call it. It's like a transport. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's say like a troop mover.
0: Yeah. And uh, let's point out again that Mr. Blue uh, Mithril really has some some moments where he contributes to the team. I mean, he actually shoots at least one stormtrooper. Yeah. You know. Um, and he
1: immediately goes into that co-pilot seat when. Uh, oh, when yeah. I, wow. I almost said when Apollo Creed goes into the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: God, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love Carl Weathers, man. Um, so I remember him, too, from Arrested Development. I don't know if you've watched that show.
1: I haven't. Oh I know God. the internet loves it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh. if you like if you like shows that like have absurdist humor like I don't know, like 30 Rock, like Parks and Rec mm-hmm. um and stuff like that, you'll like Arrested Development. But he would show up in Arrested Development as himself. I believe it was as himself, and oh he was God. always I'm not even going to say if you ever watch the show, you'll see. But he's hilarious. But um, any, anyhow, yeah, I mean, and he goes right back to the gun turret or whatever after. Well, I guess they have to do their crash landing first. And right. we see On why it was a bike. really good idea that Mithril came with them and didn't just sit in the car. Because uh, <laughs> he would have been flattened uh, abruptly. But I, I didn't realize that, like, you could jump off a cliff with those things.
1: I don't think they were made for it, but it worked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a good thing that they had a speeder to land on. Um.
1: We did learn that it's uh, not the greatest idea to jump off a cliff in a speeder bike. You have about a 50% oh, yeah. chance of success there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, that was a cool shot when they all like leap out, you know, and come down the, the rocky cliff face, but it didn't really work out uh, well for a couple of them.
1: Uh, it just reminded me of like, uh, and this is because I write and play RPGs, but if you have uh, an encounter set up and you realize mid-session that there's like way too many monsters out there for the party, you're like, and these three just die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oop, they rolled natural natural ones.
1: Oh, look, they all On ran record. into each other and died. Yeah. So now you have a fighting chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any qualms about uh, making my PCs run for their lives, though. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow so yeah a definitely big budget when like four tie fighters are chasing them and what are they they managed to take out like one of them i think right before it, but it basically like crashes into the gun turret so they can't that was that was a pretty nice chase scene i i gotta say
1: commando end credits theme
0: oh yeah when you know they're screwed, right? Because they got three more chasing them, and then that's when the Razor Crest shows up, all fixed up, and it just, man, that theme was amazing. You know, the I triumphant Mando theme. I they are really on point with the music, like all I know some
1: people like have said they don't like the music in this show. I love the music. I don't music get that.
0: I don't in get this that show. It. Yeah, I think it I mean, found this amazing. Uh, way to feel like a Western, but also feel like Star Wars. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not the John Williams score, but it evokes the John Williams score. It really does. It also does what it needs to do. It sounds, yeah, like a Western.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, like, you know, I'm not a musician, so I don't really even have the vocabulary to describe, you know, why that is, but it just works. And it always, like... When it needs to tug at your heartstrings or it needs to make you feel a certain way, that's what it does. And that's what the score is for. And so I think it's a wild success. By the way, I went on to Amazon and I was like, oh, I'm going to download the score for the first season. And they have it separated by episode. So you have to buy the soundtrack for every individual episode at like nine nine bucks a pop or something. So it gets kind of pricey. Uh,
1: It's free to listen to on YouTube.
0: (laughs) In which case, that is what I will use (laughs) from now on. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, props to Mando for his piloting skills in this one. I mean, he yeah. finally has, like, a ship that's not going to fall apart when he banks too tight.
1: Even though it has a tracking device.
0: Even though it now has a track, And that was the big stinger at the end. Like, holy shit, right? Because now, all right, because now we can transition into what's going to happen next. Uh, unless you have any other comments about anything in the episode.
1: Whoo. I really like the TIE fighter sound. <laughs> <laughs> that, it is such. That's great, not really a great revelation. I just like hearing it. And I like when TIE fighters show up.
0: Well, it really does sound like they're moving fast. I don't know. Yeah. But it's uh, classic Star Wars sound design, you know, bringing us back into the fold once again.
1: And um, I had this weird thought while we were watching uh, the TIE fighter pilot. I remember in the original Star Wars, they uh, talked about with the costuming, all of the Rebels helmets are Imperial helmets that uh, have been repurposed oh. and then like painted different colors, which is why all the Rebel stuff looks a little bit janky uh, and kind of like Imperial stuff. So it's that. supposed to be like a beat up, battered reed. Like reskinned version of stuff they've scavenged from Imperial stuff. I
0: love that. I love that.
1: So when I was looking at the Tie Fighter pilot, I was like, I wonder if they're now repurposing New Republic stuff. <laughs> he didn't look like he was, but I just had that thought of like, now that you're not in charge, is are you like switching your gear up that way?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I I hope that they do give us more of that like world building information. I love that. But I mean, so, you know, then at the end, he's like, actually, I have to talk about baby Yoda one more time, because when they're in that <laughs> dog fight and he's oh, like, wee! baby Yoda's like, wee and he puts his arms up <laughs> in the air, still eating his cookies, you know. And when he blows Watching up the, TIE the show fighter. with
1: subtitles on is such a gift because it always says stuff like child coos. And is that <laughs> it's like child cheers.
0: <laughs> I love his little sounds that they make. They must record like an actual baby because they sound too natural, you know, to be anything yeah. else. But, uh, oh my God, he's just so cute. And again, very true to life. You could be in a death defying, you know, like you could be like, you know, flinging that ship around, you know, to save your life. And the kid would still be back there, like,
1: wee, yay, because <laughs> they don't know. And then back to cookies.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then back to cookies, you know. And when he shoots the ship and it blows up in front of him, he's like, woohoo, you know, he's like, yay. That was just the cutest. And then, of course, when he's done, he's like, bleh. <laughs> and he just pukes up on himself. So many I've heard so many like comments, like
1: too many barrel rolls for the baby.
0: Right. Exactly. And I've seen, you know, so many people say online, like, oh, it's just like, you know, the baby Groot stuff. And yes, I see the parallels. But I think that more fundamentally, that's just like how toddlers are. Right. You know, and you bring them into a space, you know, like a spaceship dogfight. They're going to they're going to throw up. They might they're going to have a good time and then they're going to puke.
1: I mean if you bring most adults into a dogfight, they're going to throw up if <laughs> right. they're not trained for that.
0: Right, right. Like that uh, like that scene in uh, Avengers Endgame where Rockets like, How many's been how many have you been in space before? Don't throw <laughs> right. up on my ship. <laughs> you know? Um but so and I, I just love how, you know, they invite him down and, and Mando's like, no, I got some onboard maintenance to take care of
1: I know. at first.
0: And I love how he just turn, he like unhooks his seatbelt and he turns around just to like dab at the like wipe away the, the puke a little bit. I mean, it doesn't really do anything, but that's just like a fatherly, you know, thing that he's picked up. I just love these like I I really think like almost every episode you see him being like a better and better father to this child. Yeah. You know, it's like first he's like leaving the kid alone on the ship when you know when amy sedaris found him and then he comes back she's like you can't leave a child alone on the ship and literally after that every episode he just carries the kid with him everywhere he goes you know so that's like one of this one of his early steps and now he's like you know turning around in the car to like dab at the kid's face when he makes a little
1: turning down drinks with his friends because he's got because he's got a sick kid
0: Mm -hmm. and i you know i'm coming back to this like tipping up his helmet to drink the soup with the kid that was i think that was a big step for mando for dinjarin if i'm gonna call him by his proper name so (laughs) okay so next so of course then we find out moff gideon's got the tracker on him that oh that heinous heinous little repair guy did it
1: (laughs) yeah it was funny it was so (laughs) obviously foreshadowed with him too when he turns around and the music's like I
0: I did not catch that my first watch through though really you know I didn't (laughs) think to myself you
1: think he's evil
0: yeah I didn't I was just like okay they're gonna fix it in fact I might not have even caught the uh the sound cue like the imperial sound cue so I was probably I don't know chatting with my wife or something but um they they definitely called it out you know and that's actually yeah. something that I think makes when you have these like these big reveals or a twist or whatever it is. I think that's real important to kind of plant the clues early on. That way it just doesn't feel cheap later. Right. You know? But anyways, so this brings us, you know, into the rest of the season. And like, is there any reason to believe that he's not headed straight for Corvus now?
1: Well, he's going to he's going to go see Ahsoka. Yeah. And then she's gonna tell him where the the Yodas live.
0: I don't know if she actually knows.
1: I mean, I mean does anyone know?
0: They're they're so rare. I mean, there's only ever been two other of that species in Star Wars that we've seen. Right. Obviously, is Yoda, and then I think in Phantom Metis we saw Yaddle on yeah. the Jedi Council, who was like yeah. a female version and not quite as old as Yoda, but then she wasn't on the Jedi Council in the later movies. And so who knows where they come from? Maybe they keep it secret. And I know that Ahsoka, you know, studied under Master Yoda as a youngling. And then, of course, she became Anakin Skywalker's Padawan in the Padawan, uh, in yeah. the Clone Wars. But the fact is, you know, she has she's familiar with the species in that she knows Yoda. And like I have speculated that she might say something to the effect of well i don't know where they come from but i know where we can find out type of a thing and then maybe it's like oh we have to go to this old library or you know who knows what it is right
1: a quest
0: a quest for a jedi holocron or you know who knows yeah but it's not going to be like oh yeah just take him to these coordinates like there's no way that's what it is <laughs> right and i also you know wonder like yes
1: or you have to find the box that shows you where the knife is, that shows you where the sh- <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Oh, don't get me started on that knife. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Talk about a talk about an awful MacGuffin, man. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get started because I, I
1: hope they will. not. I'm sure she knows something better than.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> than a knife.
0: So actually, I think there's also a chance that he doesn't see Ahsoka in the next episode. Ooh, I think there's a chance because it could be a situation where like he shows up, he asks for her. Maybe Bo Katan is there, and it's another Mandalorian base, or maybe, uh, maybe
1: that hooded person in the Bo Katan episode that we saw is there because we saw somebody watching him in that market who was oh, that was Bo Katan's
0: uh uh number two or whatever the the uh, oh, Mandalorian, okay. the one that was like sucking down the worm that Baby Yoda wanted to eat.
1: Oh, OK, that would then hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I totally missed that. But she
0: was very mysterious. And that like half a second shot that we saw her in. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like it could be he's got to do something else before he's admitted to see her or something. But Dave Filoni did write it and is directing it. So and that's like his character, like Ahsoka's his baby, right. you know, so that's that's a good argument for it. Now, here's I'm going to tell you about a bet that I made with my regular co-host, Jess. Oh, all right. So whenever he does meet up with Ahsoka, if it's in the next episode, if it's in a different episode. So they describe the planet as the forest planet Corvus. I want to get your thoughts. Do you on- think
1: there's going to be Ewoks?
0: See, yes, that was my bet. I was like, look. Nobody talks about this, but after they destroyed the second Death Star, that was in like Endor's orbit. And I've read all this stuff about. Yeah. I've read all this stuff about how, like, you know, like physicists have been like, well, actually, Endor's fucked now because it's going to have all this debris from the Death Star, which is like a small moon sized, you know, hunk of metal raining down on the planet for God knows how long. And they're probably going to have to relocate if they want to survive. And, and so we're
1: better than a forest planet.
0: Right. And we're better than a forest planet. And also, I think Ahsoka's the type of person who sees that happen and is like, oh, I got to help these Ewoks like not go extinct after, you know, what's left of the Jedi.
1: <laughs> I will lose my shit. If there are Ewoks, I will be so excited. I know people don't like Ewoks. I know people don't like Quarks. <laughs> I fucking love Ewoks. First Star Wars movie I ever saw was Ewoks: Battle for Endor.
0: Ooh, oh, man. I remember the I remember the Ewok movies back in the day. I think there's two or three. I
1: love the Ewoks.
0: Yeah, so I so I made a bet that. <laughs> He goes to Corvus and meets Ahsoka. There's going to be Ewoks there. They might not make a big thing out of it in the episode, you know. Oh,
1: I hope, I hope.
0: <laughs> but that was my bet. So, are you on my side of this bet?
1: Absolutely. Me? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Like, I if, want this to happen.
0: If that happens, I I'm going to shit myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. Okay, I could be wrong. But I just You've feel shown
1: that they're fine with like fuzzy cute animals we've seen uh the salacious crumb creature mm-hmm. being eaten and this one had space ferret.
0: and what if warwick davis reprises his role as uh
1: oh my gosh
0: as i can't even remember that ewok's name Wicket. Wicket, thank you thank you
1: i don't think they can afford warwick davis actually it's disney they i have don't all the think money it's
0: the out world. of the realm of possibility you know, I I really don't think it is, and also that would be an interesting way because the Mandalorian is has a more of an ambiguous morality than like you know the Star Wars movie saga, yeah. Right? This the the uh, you know where it's, it's very much good versus evil.
1: Rogue One type.
0: Yeah, and so that's the perfect place to explore something like well, yeah, Luke saved the galaxy from the Empire, and that is important, but like also fallout from exploding yeah exactly so i feel like that's something that this show could explore that would be really cool and uh i would like to see it so
1: okay warwick davis comes back I will scream even louder than I did when I saw Timothy Oliphant wearing Bar- Boba Fett's armor.
0: Like, could you Yeah, could you imagine if, like, he he ends up, like, you know, somebody directs him to the, some hovel and he crawls in and there's, like, tons of Ewoks, like, sitting around. Oh my God. While she's meditating <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh. You know, maybe, like, she's like, well, I'll help you, but you have to do this job for the Ewoks first, you know, or something like yes! that. That would that would be cool. Um And could you imagine yeah, baby Yoda playing even with the Ewoks?
1: Yubnub because a lot of the children don't know Yubnub because it was changed.
0: <gasps> it was changed? What?
1: Yeah, in the they changed the ending in one of the Blu-rays, I think. They don't sing Yubnub no. anymore. They sing no. something else. Heresy. Heresy. It is.
0: I can't believe that. Of all the things you had to change. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Why I didn't that? think Yub Nub was like a sophisticated grand sweeping melody.
0: Oh, for Pete's sake. Okay, well, I don't know what to think about that.
1: <laughs> so, if they need they need to have some Ewoks and they need to sing Yub Nub.
0: <laughs> I would love it. And can you imagine? Just think about Baby Yoda playing with a bunch of Ewoks. Oh! Can you imagine cuteness it would level be so overload, great. right? Right.
1: Oh my gosh! All right.
0: If this happens, you heard it here f- first, folks. You heard it here first.
1: I want this so badly. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I oh baby Yoda with baby Ewoks.
0: Oh my god! With baby Ewoks, how does it get any better than baby
1: that? Baby Ewoks. We have. A- <laughs>
0: how does it get any better than John Favreau, Dave Filoni? Okay, if by some astronomical chance you're listening to this, I know you're not, but if you were. <laughs>
1: They are and, listening to this. We we are addressing <laughs> you specifically. Anyone else, stop listening. This is not for your ears.
0: And if you somehow have not done this already in an episode that's coming up, come on. How can you go wrong with baby Ewoks playing with baby Yoda? You can't go wrong with that. That is not something you can go wrong with. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. So,
1: higher <laughs>
0: But I think we actually have... A better idea now of maybe where the show is going, at least with this season. Now that we've seen what's going on with Moff Gideon in this episode,
1: and possibly Boba Fett's going to show up too. Was that who showed up at the end of the first episode? Maybe? Yeah,
0: that was uh, Tamura Morrison. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing the first name, but he's the guy who played Jango Fett and and uh, okay, and is you know all the clone troopers, and so he is Boba Fett because you know Boba's a clone of his father, right? And uh, that's definitely him. And so it feels to me like they are setting up a confrontation between Boba and Mando because Boba probably wants his armor back.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Uh,
0: Even though he is not. And he was there like watching Mando at the end of that episode. Right. You know, at the end of the marshal. And I feel like they wouldn't have done that if he wasn't going to come back at some point. And he may even have been tracking Mando this whole time.
1: Plus, there was uh somebody from last season who killed off what's her face's character, hmm. um Ming Na's character. Oh did oh, we see who that. Did we see who that was?
0: That was okay. We didn't see. But I thought it was actually Boba Fett because and you might have to go back and watch that little scene at the very end of that episode. If you listen very carefully to the sound Uh when he when that figure walks up to her, there's this like jingling of spurs sound that you only hear in the movies when Boba Fett is walking. Yeah.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. So was that
1: on Tatooine?
0: And it was on Tatooine. (sighs) Ah. It has to be. So they've been setting it up. You know, I, they're obviously, you know, leading up to some confrontation between him and Mando. I don't know what form it's going to take. I have speculated a number of different things on, on, on what form that might take. In fact, what do you think? Like, if he's going to come back this season, like, how do you see that occurring? And like, what's, what's Boba going to do here?
1: So at the risk of, being uh, burned alive on the internet. Uh, Boba Fett is not much of a character, so he could do anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Boba Fett is uh, a very cool armor that I am sure in the expanded universe uh, that they have removed from canon and are slowly putting back, did very cool things. Mm -hmm. But... Apart from that, he's a guy who does a job and we don't even know if he does it that well. No disintegrations could be like, (laughs) hey, you're super badass or it could be like, you are so bad at this job, I have to tell you how to do it. You don't get paid if you disintegrate something. I'm not paying for that. So like he had super cool armor and we love him because he has super cool armor, but he only says one line. All we know is that he's a bounty hunter and his dad
0: died. Mm, and yeah, so he's battling uh, against Jedi. Now, I have a couple. So
1: th- he could do anything.
0: I did. Well, I think you are right, really, for the most part. Although he did, a uh, uh, child Boba Fett did figure into several episodes of the Clone Wars, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, so there's a little bit of development there, and you get a little bit of picture of uh, what his life was like after his dad died. But okay. the other lore, there is a little bit of lore about. Boba Fett that I mean some of it I think was like in the books and stuff but some of it was like stuff that George Lucas said and like got worked into like you know lore and like you know like the art of Star Wars and stuff like that I think but basically uh him and his dad are not actually Mandalorian the idea was that Boba Fett now his dad did have Mandalorian armor but supposedly that was made out of Durasteel, not Beskar, which Boba Fett's armor is made out of. But the idea with Boba Fett himself is, is that he is such a good bounty hunter and warrior that he was able to defeat a Mandalorian and take on the Mandalorian's armor. So that's the idea behind him. Okay. Right. Which granted is not in any of the movies. Right. Right. But that, like all being the case, and you know, maybe something they they could get into. I mean, like, he did get show. knocked
1: into a sarlacc by a guy who was flailing around and couldn't see. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna a put that fair
0: up. point. But apparently, he also survived the sarlacc,
1: <laughs> right? So, which that good good for you both. He's, he's
0: got that going for him. But you know, I've thought that maybe I mean, Darth
1: Maul survived being cut in half. So he did can have
0: Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. And did for a time rule Mandalore, as a matter of fact, Uh, Darth Maul. But anyways, getting ahead of ourselves. I just thought, (laughs) you know, it's possible that Boba either springs a trap for Mando to get his armor or it turns into a thing where it's a confrontation or it turns into a thing where uh, they end up being in some dire situation together for whatever reason. And Boba's like, look, I'll help you get out of here. But like there's this whole set of armor uh, that I could be using, that would give us, you know, better chances. And by the way, it's mine, right? Uh, or they could even be teeing up a Boba Fett show. Oh. Which I would not be would surprised be- about, since fans seem to be gaga for Boba Fett, even though the movies really didn't do much with him. You know.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, but it I'm-, the same as I'm having a face off and fighting, and then Grieve Karga shows up. And uh, makes everything. Why did I say Grieve Carga? I didn't mean that. I meant John um, Carlo Esposito. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes
1: up and just makes everything worse.
0: He does, and he will. I'm I'm certain of it. So
1: he has a gift for that. In most shows he appears in, he is an actor. is amazing. But oh yeah, he yeah. is is when you see him in a show, you you know that he is up to no.
0: Oh, case. he's a great villain. Uh, <laughs> so the other thing is, I'd be super surprised if we didn't see Bo Katan again, Katie Sakoff's character. And I have, I have this feeling that maybe Mando needs the help of Bo-Katan and Ahsoka to find information about the child, or it's that, you know, Moff Gideon is obviously after the child and maybe he needs their help or he just runs into them because they're actually all against Moff Gideon because Bo-Katan's trying to get the dark saber from him so that she can be ruler of Mandalore again. And obviously Moff Gideon is after Mando and the child. So I feel like there's al- it's almost inevitable that they're going to team up again mm-hmm. Moff Gideon before they can get this information about the child or whatever it is. Some people have speculated that Mando's going to give up the child to Ahsoka or somebody. Um,
1: no. I don't
0: know. Like, Do you think that's likely?
1: I think they might have a thing where they say that he needs to, but honestly the whole premise of the show is like Mando and the child. So I yeah. don't think they would do that. I, don't I mean, see how baby they- Yoda the most marketable star Wars character. I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. ever, but definitely in a very long time for sure. And they're not going to just, pass him off
0: i think there is a possibility that they may be separated temporarily
1: because mm-hmm.
0: who knows moff gideon descends in like chaos and whatever uh or you know who knows how, how it could be done a million ways. But like what I've heard some people speculating is that, well, if indeed they're going to have all these spin-off shows, like maybe there's a Boba Fett show. Maybe there's going to be a Cara Dune show. Maybe there's going to be an Ahsoka Tano show. Right. Because Roder- Rosaria Dawson is obviously an actress that could pull, you know, they could carry a whole show, you know. Yes. Um, and this that and the other and she's and you know ahsoka is very popular um I, I don't think you've seen the like all the animated stuff right
1: no i've seen the clone wars movie mm-hmm. uh which i was told afterwards that you're supposed to skip it <laughs> and, and i think the I mean, first two or three episodes of the clone wars yeah and then i was told later that you're kind of supposed to skip that whole first season yeah. so <laughs> i watched the clone wars wrong
0: well, it's however you want to watch it, in my opinion. But I mean, it does. It, I, I do feel like the movie in the first season were weaker than the rest of it, for sure. I think that they, you know, picked up steam as they went along. But that I mean, that's all just to say that Ahsoka a very popular character. And I could totally. I did know that. Making a show for her. Right. And so.
1: And she's been on Rebels, too, right?
0: I have seen Rebel. Uh, she is in Rebels, too. That's correct. Yeah. OK. I mean, she's not the. she's not like a, a main character all the way through that show, but she is in it.
1: Okay,
0: And so the thing is, if you want to start an Ahsoka Tano show. And you want to draw in people that didn't watch the animated show. And there's a lot of those people. I mean, there's a lot of people that have watched it, but there's a general sort of more casual audience that, you know, hasn't done that. Right. So what do you do? Maybe you bring Baby Yoda into the beginning of that show to get people interested
1: Mm-hmm. If they, if
0: they don't know anything about Ahsoka, you know what I'm saying, and so that's probably the best argument I've heard for it. But it, I still, I don't know how, I don't know what they do with the Mandalorian if Baby Yoda is not in it. Now it could be that they get separated at the end of the season, <gasps> and then great it, big cliffhanger. That allows them to lead into the you know beginning of the show with Ahsoka, and then maybe the big be- you know the fir- like in the first you know five episodes of Ahsoka, Baby Yoda's there, and then Mando shows up and reclaims him, and Ahsoka gets on with whatever her show is about. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? Maybe. What are your thoughts on that? Because like I'm a person who has watched the animated stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. It took me a
0: really long time to do. I only did it like last December, I think. I I, I like it was once I got Disney Plus and I could just watch it all on Disney Plus, frankly, Uh, I had put it off until it was like super easy for me to watch it. But like so I, I think Ahsoka is a really good character and, you know, I I have some investment in her. And so I'm looking forward to seeing her and like all that stuff. But as like a more, you know, as a person who has like not seen all that stuff and doesn't have a big attachment to that character, are you a. Excited at all to see Ahsoka be? What do you think about this potential for the spin-off and baby Yoda separation that I just laid out?
1: I am excited to see her character because some of uh, my friends who have watched clone Wars, she is their favorite character in all of star Wars.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And they're pretty big star Wars nerds. And to replace like anyone from the original trilogy, in their hearts has to be good right so i'm excited to see more of her than i did in uh the very brief introduction i had to clone wars uh because she's a little bit annoying in the clone wars movie (laughs) and i've heard that she matures and comes into her own and it's fair that she's annoying because she's a padawan and Lord knows, like well Anakin was annoying movie. as hell when he was a bad one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh,
1: so, I mean, that makes sense, and it's fun to have somebody calling Anakin on his shit. But uh, <laughs> yes, I, I would need to know, I guess, how she survived Order Six Six, but I assume that is established in, if not. Clone Wars or Rebels it is it, is it is established
0: here. in the Clone Wars and I won't I won't give any spoilers for you or anybody listening to this that hasn't seen it but the thing about Ahsoka and the Clone Wars is a yes that show has seven seasons and there are many episodes where like the clones or the main characters or Anakin but overall Ahsoka is the main character of that show I mean, I did not know that she is one of the I main also cast. thought she
1: died on the show, so I was surprised when I heard she was going to be on. Uh, she was cast. Well, I mean, in Mandalorian, because I was like, "Isn't she dead?"
0: She is alive. I will say that okay. she is alive. So, but the show a really develops her as a character throughout, like you know, however many years are between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and you you literally watch her grow up. Basically, from like a 12 or 15 year old up until, you know, in Rebels. I I don't know. She's 18. She's 20, something like that. Twenty five. I don't know. And so maybe she's closer to 30 in Rebels because that takes place like right before A New Hope, I think. Um, But in any case, uh, you basically watch her grow up, you know, and also, I mean, that show does a really good job of developing Anakin's character between those two movies. Cause frankly, the two movies really were not able to really do that with him. Yeah. And, and the voice actor doing Anakin does like it a really good job. by the way, the voice actor for Anakin was the lone guy working at the prisoner ship. Yeah. In the prisoner, Matt Lanter, I think was his name. So nice that they got him in there, but, but anyhow, uh, she has a great character and, actually her relationship with Anakin and what happens with that, no spoilers, but goes I'm guessing
1: ab- she wasn't happy with him.
0: Well it's it's kind of complicated, but what all the stuff that happens really goes a long way to showing why Anakin would lose faith in the Republic and the Jedi.
1: Oh that's interesting. It,
0: it is actually and and I would say and like it's worth watching to fill in the blanks between those two movies, if nothing else. I'm gonna
1: have to watch the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, each episode is only like 23 minutes long.
1: Oh, I know.
0: Yeah, but um, but anyway, um, so I'm excited. You know, I I don't know how they could possibly do a thing where you know he loses the baby Yoda, but if it was a thing where they're they're separated involuntarily for a short time. I could see that happening because I could see him like going on like a like the war path to get Baby Yoda back. Like, yeah, if we if you think we've seen some badassery from this guy so far, could you imagine if like either Moff Gideon gets his hands on the Baby Yoda again or like he has to flee with Ahsoka for a like a temporary period of time? Like there is no holding this guy back.
1: That would actually be pretty frightening because we've seen him be ruthless before. But I don't think we've ever s- have we seen him truly angry.
0: I don't think we. Ha- I don't. I don't know that we have. And the if you-
1: closest was like seeing him in the the prison episode with Bill Burr, uh-huh. where it was shot kind of like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, but
0: I love that about he it. He was
1: too. he was the bad guy, but he was our good guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but see, I see. I think
1: that would be frightening. To see him,
0: yeah, like
1: on a vengeance mission,
0: and and I and I think that that is a natural place that his character could go. There could be a lot of growth. It'd be interesting for his character arc, is what I'm saying. And also, it might be time. I mean, Baby Yoda might be due for some serious peril in this show. I mean, so far he's been you know tagged around, and he's been in some dangerous like you know ship to ship combat or something. But it's it hasn't been a situation where it's like this guy's you know taking baby yoda and mando is like you know stuck somewhere unable to do anything about it like he hasn't really been in in uh serious danger i wouldn't say
1: plus i think we know because uh baby yoda or the child is a force user and we've Mm -hmm. seen him use the force uh that we don't really think of him as being imperiled right yeah yeah we've seen him get really tired well he, i guess he, he was of course
0: yeah i but guess he like, was in danger from the spiders a little bit and and he did actually have that moment where the one like crawled on his head before frog lady saved him right um where he did seem to be in trouble and maybe he was like too freaked out to focus on the force or whatever but like i think that's the closest that he's really come uh, yeah to being that kind of danger for a, a, a long time so i we might be about due you know So, okay. Well, I think
1: we know he can force choke someone.
0: We do know that. Although he was discouraged from doing so. I mean, I did think it was kind of cute that like Cara Dune was actually like, you know, making Mando grunt with effort. And so baby Yoda was like, oh no, must force joker. (laughs) (laughs) The dark side could ever be cute. That was the moment. Um, Right. (laughs) But, um, You know, I think Mando's been a good influence on him overall. He's, uh, he's warming up to him, but like just seeing that shot of them sitting like father and son drinking the the soup cups or whatever, that was great. And that is also like,
1: that's kind of what the show's all about. It is.
0: It is. That's why I am so skeptical of baby Yoda leaving the show. But I think if it's temporary or if it's like happens between seasons, then I could. So we can
1: cry. Yeah. Breaks.
0: Like talk about it. I could see it happening that way. So just just a thought, just a thought. But um, let's let's wrap I'm up. Be
1: nervous about that, Will?
0: I I know. I'm sorry. I had to put that in, but we'll have to see. You heard it here, folks. If that happens, if I was right, I I don't know if I'm going to be happy about it. But uh,
1: I want the Ewoks. To be true, not this.
0: <laughs> I, ha- I I need to see Baby Yoda playing with Baby Ewoks. Uh, Nothing could be cuter to head into the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so we said it here first. Jessica and Will have made the bet that this is what's going to happen. And I'm just going to cling to that fantasy until we get it. Maybe I can commission somebody to do some artwork of Baby Yoda <laughs> with some baby Ewoks out there.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I want that.
0: I kind of, I think I kind of have to have that now, be totally honest with you. But maybe uh,
1: a little porg. Uh, oh, and a little porg around. on the
0: side. Yeah,
1: how can you yeah. not do?
0: I'd love the porgs, actually. So, okay, Let final thought. Any, before we wrap up, Jessica, let's, I think it's time. This, this got a little longer than I thought, but I'm happy because this was fun conversation. But what 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 would you say to wrap up here about this episode?
1: I thought uh, this episode had pretty much everything that we look for in a in a Mandalorian episode, right? Like it, Mandalorian's been getting a lot of flack lately for being episodic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in that I, I think mm-hmm. TV is shot a lot of times like a ten-hour movie. And this is more Ah, like mm -hmm. Firefly or Xena in that it's a story of the week with kind of an overarching theme. And this was one that tied into that theme while still giving us the the little funny things that we like about Star Wars. Like we got a space ferret and we got Baby Yoda in school and having soup and a really killer action sequence. And I had a blast even if they brought midichlorians back and possibly snoke in a vat
0: (laughs) possibly fingers crossed (laughs) hopefully it's something better yeah yeah i i think that's a really good point i feel like this episode gave us so many star wars things like it it had the chase scene with the tie fighters it had the cute baby yoda stuff it had the 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 space ferret with Cara Dune. It had, you know, the serious scene with Cara Dune at the end, and like which ties into not only her character, but like you know the state of the galaxy post Return of the Jedi. It had the very Star Warsy Imperial like base
1: mm-hmm. that they went
0: through. The you know the stormtrooper action. It had the Mando being a badass. It had the dog. I mean. God, it had every it even down to Carl Weathers being the grandfatherly, (laughs) you know, figure to baby. Like, it's just I feel like this episode pretty much had everything.
1: Yeah. And we got more of uh, Moff Gideon, too. Yeah, it's just great.
0: It had the you know, it had the appearance by the, the season's uber villain, you know, so and it even tied back into stuff from the like the first few episodes of the whole show. Like not only with uh, Mithril, the blue aquatic guy, but with uh, the, the
1: locations,
0: but the locations and the doctor coming back to say, you know, so in a sense, he's kind of come full circle. And that's another reason I think that like really, really awful stuff is about to go down. You know, they've gotten very comfortable in they're really
1: happy in Navarro mm, right now.
0: <laughs> exactly. Bad things are about to happen, folks. Hopefully we'll get to see some Ewoks first. But uh, I just have a feeling because you know he's leading Moff Gideon straight to Ahsoka.
1: <sighs> he is, and you know I bet she could mm. take him, but that would be an epic fight.
0: It really would. Actually, I would not mind seeing Ahsoka get out those lightsabers and mm, do some work. <sighs> she's she's a pleasure to watch when she fights because she's got this very acrobatic fighting style, and she fights with two mm-hmm. uh, two lightsabers. Ooh. And Yeah, yeah, one in each hand. And so, like, if I could get to see Rosario Dawson as, you know, this character, like, really tear it up with some lightsabers, I, I don't think I could ask for anything more. Um, Yeah, I think those are my final thoughts on this episode. So thank you, Jessica, for coming on the show uh, to be my thank co-host. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been great. And uh, if y'all uh, end up with access to our... Uh, Patreon uh, whenever that comes out, look for our uh, live commentary we did, which you can sync up with this episode of the Mandalorian to hear our thoughts live in sync with the show. But Jessica, why don't you tell our listeners where they can where they can find you online and what you're up to?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at miss underscore Jess 03 i have twitch where i stream every friday and sometimes other days during the week as well twitch.tv slash angry and i write games and supplements and they're all linked on my twitch which are amazing my twitter and stuff so check them out i have uh, i think my newest release was tiny terrors it's all very small 5e monsters like the Cheshire cat and a spider inspired oh, really? by Charlotte from Charlotte's web. It, is that,
0: and, Oh my God. Really from Charlotte's web. That's amazing. Yeah. Is it made for characters who pl- are playing like tiny races or is it just uh, for whatever?
1: Monsters that you can use. Oh, okay. okay. So if you want uh, like a tiny creature to threaten your players with. So like one is sort of a hybrid of the fish from Hitchhiker's Guide and the Brain Slug from Futurama. Oh. It, translates every language you hear but it also devours your mind (laughs) (laughs) i love it
0: (laughs) such a downside i love that i love that yeah i might have to pick that up you can
1: speak every language while it's there so you know it's sort of helpful
0: that's great any so anyway um. Thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of Mecha Dragon. Um, please uh, take a moment to go to Apple Podcasts or your choice of podcasting platform and give us a five star review and/or rating. That really does help the show out. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Mecha Show. We have a Facebook page and group called Mecha Dragon. Uh, funnily enough. And you can also find us at Instagram at Mechadragon Show. not that we've been using that one very much. Uh, but thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time on MechaDragon. This is the way. Our music is Overworld by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0